Amen, amen. We can go to the word of the Lord tonight. Matthew, the third chapter. Uh, start reading in verse 1. And in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle around his loins, and his meat was locust and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. Amen. We're thankful for uh, John the Baptist as he paved the way for the Lord. Amen. As uh, you and I, we have the same calling. We're paving the way for the Lord, right? God's coming back soon and we're telling people, hey, you got to get ready. Got to get right with God because make his path straight because he's coming. Amen. And we're preparing his way. Amen. Turn to a few people and greet them as you're seated this evening. It has been nearly uh, 400 years since Israel last heard from the voice of God. They last heard uh, a prophet walking in the streets and, and declaring, thus saith the Lord. Uh, it's been many, many years uh, since they heard that, 400 years of silence as they say. And think about that, 400 years of silence from God uh, between the intertestamental periods, Old Testament, New Testament, uh, 400 years, as they say, of silence um, since the, they last heard the man of, uh, a man of God stand up and say, this is what God is saying. Uh, obviously, the temple was, was built uh, during this time, and they were conducting their uh, ceremonial um, Offerings and sacrifices and continuing all that, the tra traditions on, but um, there hasn't been a, a big voice to, to stand up and say uh, what God is thinking or what God is saying. Uh, and how many generations of people uh, lived in this time period where there was really silence from God and yet uh, they're still uh, being called to serve even amidst the silence and uh, how many people never saw uh, a prophet like they had heard about from their forefathers of uh, Isaiah and Elisha and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and all, all these big names uh, of prophets. Uh, but yet there's a time period where, where people never saw those men, those men or they just heard about those stories. They never saw a man of God and never heard that fresh call, never saw uh, fire come down from heaven as prior generations did. Uh, the only stories, the only life that they had uh, was the stories from yesterday. Secondhand accounts of what had happened in Israel's past, 
second-hand stories uh, and translations about uh, the Lord said this back then, and, and these prophecies were spoken uh, not a few years ago, but hundreds of years ago. These, these words came fresh from God, and uh, it's not like uh, the temple was destroyed and shut down. As I said, no, the temple was still, uh, was still up and operational. Um, and they would do their customs, meet on the Sabbath, and read from the Torah and the words of the prophets, still offering the sacrifices, but it would seem that nothing new came from heaven uh, during this time period of 400 years of silence. Uh, and so they just kept to tradition, kept doing the same old thing day in and day out, week in, week, week out, and uh, I wonder, uh, had they even realized uh, that they hadn't really heard a, a, a word from God like uh, they had heard about? Uh, or I wonder if they just got caught up in the everyday, traditional, mundane, uh, going to work and going to church and all these things. And I, I wonder how long it was until they actually realized and recognized, hey, we haven't had a prophet like like they, like they used to. What, what's going on here? 400 years of going through the motions and not really realizing what they were missing out on. Uh, that really can speak to us. We can, we can go through the motions in our lives thinking that everything is fine and when we are really can be missing out on some things that God wants to do in our lives if we're not really focused on, on listening for the voice of God. And I just don't want to come here and, and for another service or another time of gathering or another song or another message, but, but we want to come to hear, hear from God and, and hear from heaven and, and have a great outpouring of God's spirit like we had uh, on Sunday. Uh, I'm thankful that I, I, we were here for that. Uh, those are the times you don't want to miss out and what God is doing, something fresh and new and a uh, fresh outpouring. And, and, and those that were here in person got a, got a touch from that. Uh, but as great as that is, and as much as we, we need that and, and we yearn for those things, uh, we, we can't live uh, in the last week. We can't, we can't live from Sunday. We need a fresh touch all the time, uh, every day. But we need a new touch and a new blessing and a, a new outpouring. And, and when Sunday comes again, we're going to be looking for something new. We're not going to say, man, I'm, I'm still holding on to last week as it was. But, hey, what, what's, gonna, what's God going to do on Sunday uh, if we come with a spirit of expectation? Amen. Anything is possible. Amen. Anything is possible as long as we're believing and ready and willing to do what God wants us to do. Amen. So I, I don't want to be living off the God of yesterday, the stories about uh, services in the past, but uh, as great as they are, and they, they get us to this point, we still got to understand that, hey, we still got to be involved, we still got to be ready for whatever God wants us to do. A amen. And so um, we don't want to live in the past as good or as bad as it may be. We need something fresh all the time, amen? Amen. Uh, one man said, if you are depressed, you are living in the past. If you are anxious, you are living in the future. And if you live in the past, you're going to miss out on the present. 
if you live in the future, you're going to miss out on the present as well because we're so worried about what might happen or worried about what has happened that we can miss what God is trying to do right here. And so if you are at peace, then you are living in the present. This is where we need to live today, this moment. This is the day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. This is the time. Now is the time of salvation. Right now. Amen. We got to be here living in the present, what God can do now and the here and now. Amen. And I know we have uh, traditions and habits and things that, that we, 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 we do. Uh, but those are often rooted in the past, and, and we don't want to get so uh, rooted and grounded in our traditions that we're stuck in the past and not moving forward in what God wants to do in our lives. Uh, but in order to have peace for today, we're going to need to have Jesus in our life today. Uh, John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so uh, if your heart is troubled, maybe you're, trying, you're living in the future, right? Or, or afraid of your past, but uh, God, Jesus said, don't worry about that. Uh, as long as you have me, I'll be there with you. I'll be your present help. I'll be walking right beside you. Amen. It, it, your soul is not going to have peace today unless you get in touch with Jesus Christ. Amen. Our encounter with him last month isn't going to provide peace for today. We've got to find, find Jesus today to get a fresh touch of peace. Um, uh, and so here, trying to uh, expound on this 400 years that uh, they, they were living uh, off yesterday's word and, and yesterday's service uh, because God hadn't delivered anything new. And obviously... Uh, uh, this is just the way that God laid it out. I mean, had God called a prophet to, to speak in these 400 years, he would have he rose up and spoke. But uh, history tells us that that did not happen. And so obviously God was out of work. Um, the Old Testament and uh, that old, that, that, that sacrificial system was coming to a close. And so God just said, hey, I'm just going to be quiet here. Um, and And that's... That can be the trying time when God is quiet in your life, right? When you're going through a, a trial or situation and, and there's, uh, you can't hear the voice of God, you're in that intertestamental period between the old and the new. Uh, and so uh, you still have to serve God even in the silence. And, and so, um, so 400 years of silence and then all of a sudden the silence is broken. When the angels of heaven start talking with Mary and Joseph and Elizabeth and Zechariah, uh, this, this hasn't happened in a while. All of a sudden, heaven has started opening up again, and we're hearing angel visitations from angels and, and, and people receiving a fresh word from God, and uh, the stars and the heavens are starting to shift, and, and, and that got the attention of some wise men from the east. Why? Because something's starting to happen and, and something's moving and something is changing and, and shifting and, and out of the silence began to uh, arise a sound, uh, a buzzing or, or some news and some, some people talking about a king being born. 
And hope would begin to surface again in the hearts of Israel. Why? Because now all of a sudden they're talking about uh, a king. The king of the Jews is coming. And uh, and the, the, the word is going around about angels speaking to people now and, and delivering word and messages from, from heaven. And so, um, but as soon as we get a glimpse of the light in our present darkness... What happens is the enemy will try to show up and to steal uh, that whatever fresh touch that God is doing in your life. I mean, we can have a blowout service on Sunday, but but the devil can show up on Monday and try to rob you of the blessings that God has poured in your life and and speak lies and deceit into your life. But hey, we're not going to listen to the devil. He is the father of lies. Amen. We're going to continue to listen for the voice of God. Amen. No matter what happens, we know that God is for us. Who can be against us, amen, and so uh, sure enough, uh, as word starts to spread about the king of the Jews being born, uh, what happens then is King Herod says, well, I'm going to put a stop to that, I'm going to kill all the baby boys that are two years old and under, and and so a massive killing uh, a horrible event takes place, um, and uh, uh, this is the enemy's uh, move to try to stamp out what God is trying to do and, and to try to wipe out the king of the Jews. Uh, but some of the hardest points in our life is when our eyes get the attention of, of a light from above and we start our, our journey to find Jesus uh, and then to find some some hope in our life, a, a fresh touch, a fresh encounter. But Satan's going to do anything he can to keep us from getting closer from him, uh, to get closer to Jesus. And um, not that just that when we came to the Lord, but that's when uh, our, our friends started, uh, our so-called friends started leaving us. And all of a sudden, you know, we are friends for years, and all of a sudden I start going to church, and now we don't, we're not hanging out anymore. Or, or maybe your family starts turning their back on you, and, um, and you find out that you're starting to make this journey kind of all by yourself. And, and it doesn't just happen at salvation when we come to, to, come to this, but at any point in our life, if we start making a step forward, to get, hey, uh, I, I, I'm tired of where I'm at with God, but I want to grab a little bit more of God. I want to draw closer to God and take a fresh step of faith. Anytime we take an extra step out of the ordinary, anytime we break the silence or the tradition or the habits in our life, the, you're gonna, you can expect the enemy is going to try to push you back uh, because he doesn't want you getting closer to God. But we know the closer that we get to God, amen, the stronger that we get uh, through his spirit and his power is going to be revealed in us. Why? Because God has called us for such a time as this. Amen. And we got to keep drawing closer and closer to God because we know that the time is short. Amen. And the enemy doesn't want us getting closer to him. Amen. And so um, uh, we don't need to be discouraged if we're going through a storm right now. Uh, that storm may have come because we decided, hey, I got to get a hold of God more in my life. And then all of a sudden things start happening. Uh, And so we're probably on the right path. And if we keep on moving forward and keep on fighting the good fight of faith, 
We're not going to let the enemy just show up and rob us of our joy and of our, uh, of our blessing from God. But we've got a promise and we've got a destiny waiting for us. And so we're going to keep on going on. And man, after the rumors of a king being born uh, were crushed because of what King Herod did, uh, once again, uh, there's the silence comes back. Uh, just when there's that glimmering, uh, uh, glimmering light of hope uh, about the, the, the rumors of a, a king being born and then all the baby boys are, are killed, uh, that puts a lid on, uh, on the joy out there. And so now there's silence again in Israel until one day about 30 years later, uh, a voice started to speak up again, to speak out, uh, and in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, for this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. And so the actions of John certainly got the attention of everybody because, again, it's been silence again for 30 years. Uh, and now, all of a sudden, a, a wild man is starting uh, uh, preaching and proclaiming that people need to repent because uh, the Messiah is coming uh, and, and to make his path straight. Uh, and the Bible says that uh, people uh, were coming out to see him, to see what all this noise was going on out there to see what this commotion was about. Uh, because back then when God spoke to his people, uh, one day uh, a strange man would come and out of nowhere would declare, hear ye the word of the Lord. As uh, the prophet Isaiah declared, uh, a voice of one crying in the wilderness. And so here comes a voice out of the wilderness crying and, and saying these things. Uh, and so no doubt it's going to get the attention uh, of people. Uh, and so they came to realize that this was a, a prophet. And so uh, hundreds of years later, a voice finally arises and breaks the silence uh, in, the, in Israel's uh, domain. And so they begin to ask and wonder, who is this man? What's, what's going on here? And, and John 1 and 19 and this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? What are you doing? Why? What, what is your purpose and your plan here? Who are you? And, and he confessed and denied not, but confessed that I am not the Christ. No, I'm not the Messiah. Uh, and they asked him, what then? Are you uh, Elijah? And he says, I am not. Art thou a prophet? And he answered, no. Uh, and then they said unto him, who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet uh, Isaiah. And so, uh, he didn't really, uh, John didn't really say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody. He said, no, I'm just the voice of, a, of the prophet proclaimed about this, what happened. And, hey, here I am. I, I'm just doing what God has called me to do. Uh, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And, 
uh, verse 24, they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, why baptize thou then if thou be not that Christ or Elijah, uh, neither that prophet? And John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom you know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latched, I am not worthy to unloose. And so he's like, you guys, there's, he's right there in the middle of you and you don't even realize it, but he's getting ready to come. And once he comes, he's going he's gonna to make a, make a show of the place and you guys got better be ready. Uh, I'm not really preaching to those, but I'm preaching to you guys, you Pharisees, because uh, we see what Jesus did to them and how he talked to them. Uh, those were the ones that really needed to be repented of. Uh, those are the ones that were bound so much in tradition that they missed out on everything. Uh, and so that's why we can't uh, hold on so tight to the things of the past because we can miss out on, on, uh, on Jesus walking right before us. People had wondered if John was the Christ, the Messiah, if he was a prophet, if he was Elijah, who had returned to earth to do a, a, a miraculous work. Uh, he, John said, I'm none of these, I'm just a servant, I'm just here serving God and declaring the way of the Lord. I, I'm nobody special, but I'm just here to re preach repentance and, and prepare the way for Jesus. And, uh, and so that's what you had, I'm just here to do the work of the Lord. I, uh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, God. Uh, I'm, no, I'm a nobody, but God is everything. Uh, I'm here to point your way to Jesus. It's not about me, but it's about him. Amen. as long as we keep that mentality and that mindset, hey, uh, let's direct everybody to Jesus. It's all about him. It's all his glory and his power. Nothing that we've brought to the table is worth anything. It's all about him, right? And so that's what John is doing. Hey, it's not, don't be looking at me. You wait till the one behind me comes. He was preferred before me. Uh, and so just prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. And so you can imagine the, the, the fame uh, of John began to spread. Uh, here he is breaking the silence and uh, doing something new, and the fame begins to spread, and popularity increases in the land. And Matthew says this, uh, Then went out to him Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region round about Jordan. Uh, all these towns and people were flocking out, going out into the wilderness to hear this man, uh, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. And so John must have been a great uh, orator, a great communicator. If Jerusalem and Judea and uh, all the region, all the towns uh, were coming out to see him, and many were baptized by John. Uh, and so who was this man? If you think about, think about the ministry that John had, uh, they were already comparing him to Elijah. Are you Elias? Uh, they were asking him, are you the Messiah? I mean, you know, you just, you just don't go up to anybody and say, are you the Messiah? Or are you Elijah? Uh, you got to be doing something, right, to even be compared to those names. Uh, and so his popularity was growing, and we've seen a, a big following happen, happening. People are repenting and being baptized. Uh, and so how easy would it have been for John 
to start believing all the hype. How easy would it have been for him to be caught up in the popularity and the lights and all the, all the focus and the attention on him. And he could have easily started thinking more highly of himself. Uh, uh, reminds us of Lucifer who just who thought, hey, I can be like the most high. Here, John is presented with a very extremely similar situation. Are you Jesus? I mean, they didn't know his name, but are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah? And, and, and to, be, to be even asked that type of question, you got to know that temptation is right there. Uh, pride is right there, really uh, ready for John to say, well, well, what, well, let me think about that. Uh, and so to start believing all these things, and all of a sudden he's looking around, and there's crowds and multitudes of people now following him and come to hear him speak. And uh, he, uh, I'm the one getting up every day and ministering to all these people. And uh, uh, but with each allocade, uh, accolade uh, that John received and compliment and all these things, John quickly redirected it, he says, uh, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Uh, and so he, he acknowledges what what uh, is happening. Yeah, I'm doing this, uh, but he's pointing and say, hey, uh, don't get your eyes focused on me. Uh, there's one that's coming after me who should be coming before me, and I can't even uh, tie his shoelaces. That's how worthy uh, and, and righteous this one is. You may think that I'm somebody, but wait until Jesus shows up. Uh, he's really going to do something wonderful in your, uh, in your life. Uh, it's him. It's, it's about Jesus is why I'm here. It's, it's, it's what he has to say. It's not what I'm saying, but it's what Jesus says. It's his way, it's not my way. Even Jesus paid John a great compliment. In Matthew 11, he says, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born uh, uh, of women are there, hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven shall, it is greater than he. And so... Uh, here again, the compliments still keep coming to John. Even Jesus now says, man, there hasn't been anybody greater uh, of all the prophets than, than John the Baptist. Um, and the more compliments that he received, John received, the more he started, he kept saying, it's not about me. It's about, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Because John knew the dangers uh, that comes with praise and adoration and followings and the lights and the glimmer and, and all the glory that man easily can throw on. Because Proverbs 16 and 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Uh, and so it doesn't take much to fall. All it takes is you to start believing that you're something uh, when we really, we're, we're nothing. Right? And so the moment that John the Baptist would allow all this honor and glory into his heart would be the day that he would be brought down because of pride. The same day that pride entered the heart of Lucifer is the same day that he got, he got uh, uh, a one-way ticket. Uh, and so uh, the glory that belongs to God, if we keep that to ourselves, then we're, 
in danger of puffing ourselves up with God's glory, right? Uh, and those things, can e that can easily turn into a seed of corruption and corrupt our very soul because we're, we're instead of redirecting the glory to God, uh, we keep it for ourselves and we start to think that we're somebody. Uh, and so that's why John the Baptist kept denying, uh, kept re rejecting any reverence because he needed to stay the course. You can easily uh, have a start out and have a, a destination in mind and a calling and all these things, but uh, along the way, uh, you can easily get distracted by other things and people and, and praise and glory, and you can uh, the people can can lead you astray if you don't be careful and redirect everything to God. Because we got to stay focused and stay humble, realizing and remembering, hey, it's not about me. Uh, I haven't done anything uh, by the grace of God. Am I even here? Uh, uh, and so we got to keep that humble spirit and say, God, it's all about you. It's not about me. Uh, and so the moment that we start to think that all of this is about us, we start opening up the doors for destruction and disappointment. We, we are not saved from hell so uh, that we can look cute sitting on the front row uh, at church. No, we were called out of darkness into his marvelous light so that we can point fingers uh, and say, hey, look what Jesus did for me. If he did that for me, he can do that for you. If he healed me, he can heal you. If he touched my family member, he can touch you as well. It's not about me or what God has done. It's about what he can do in your life. And we got to keep that redirecting to God uh, so that God can continue to work in us and through us uh, uh, because it's about his glory. And so we are called out so that we can show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so it's not about us. Uh, the, the, the blessed life that we live right now uh, is nice, but it... God didn't bless us so that we can have a nice life. He blessed us so that we can tell others of what the blessings that God has done, right? Uh, sure, we get to enjoy them, but hey, uh, don't, don't get comfortable in thinking God did this so that I can be comfortable here. No, God blessed me so that I can talk about what God has done. Purposes of blessings is to let others know uh, what God is doing and that God is alive and active and in this world, even, even amidst all the darkness and, and, and sadness and, and hatred out there, there is a God that loves you, that, wants, that died for you, that wants to give you a better life. And that message comes through us uh, to the people that we know. Amen. And if we, uh, uh, for one moment, uh, stop that and, and hold everything in, then that's the moment we begin our decline, right? And so um, uh, I'm, I'm grateful to be here and uh, all that God has done. And so there's no doubt that John's ministry was successful. There's no doubt that he was doing a great job paving the way for the Lord. Uh, no doubt that thousands upon thousands were baptized unto repentance, amen, and prepared their hearts for Jesus. I mean, he had such an impact, John did, that... Uh, uh, when Paul encounters uh, some of his disciples in, in Acts chapter 18, we're talking like 20 years after Pentecost, uh, you know, 20 years after uh, Jesus had been killed and crucified and the church had began, Acts chapter 18, 
Uh, he says, have you guys been baptized? Yeah, we've been baptized by John years ago. We're, we're still holding true to, to the word that John preached. And, and Paul says, hey, man, that's great. Hey, but hey, I'm here to tell you, bring you the news. Hey, there's more than that. And so uh, if you want more, let's go get baptized in Jesus' name, and God will fill you with his spirit. And sure enough, I uh, mean, they, they went on to do that. And so that's the impact that John had 20, some 20 years after uh, Jesus uh, was crucified. There's still people finding uh, that were baptized by John. And so uh, he had a successful ministry. And he was doing that. But the day came, uh, uh, the, the pinnacle of John's ministry, the peak, uh, the highest he ever got, uh, ended when Jesus actually showed up. John was going up like this, popularity and all these things. But his peak was when the Messiah showed up. And then, then it began to say, hey, it's, I must decrease so that he must increase, Right. Uh, it's still, it doesn't matter how high we go, how far God brings us, uh, amen, it's still never about us. We still always need to decrease so that Jesus can increase in our life and through us and have a greater impact uh, because as, as great as we are or think we are, uh, uh, God can do a greater work if we just say, hey, God, what do you want me to do? Uh, even though uh, we may have a lot of years of experience and wisdom and knowledge and all these skills and talents, uh, the, the, the best work that God can do is for us just to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? It's not about me. I need to decrease so that you may increase in my life. And so John 129 the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I had said and been preaching about for, year, for, for all this time. After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, uh, for he was before me. And I knew him not that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. Uh, and so John didn't really... Uh, have an understanding of who exactly what, what who 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 the Messiah was. He was just told by the Holy Ghost that hey, you go out, you start preaching repentance, you start baptizing people, uh, and then one day the Messiah is going to come find you. Uh, and so, if you have the right spirit and the right heart, uh, don't. It's not going to be long till Jesus finds you, Amen, and touches your life and changes things in your life. It all starts with having a heart for God uh, and giving it to Him. Uh, and so when John saw Jesus, he said, not only to himself, but to everyone else, behold, the Lamb of God. The word behold is used as an interjection, uh, denotes a surprise. Behold, look, hey, look. Um, it's used to disrupt, uh, disrupt the conversation. Uh, and so it's used to disrupt silence. And so as, as his ministry uh, disrupted this 400 years of silence, uh, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Uh, that's, that's him. That's who uh, of whom I said the one who comes after me is prefer, preferred before me. Behold, the reason for my ministry and the purpose of my calling, he stands right here. This is where it all begins with Jesus. And so once the Messiah arrived, John's ministry was over, right? You think about it. 
I'm here to prepare the way of the Lord. Repent. Jesus is coming. Well, Jesus is here. What do we do now? John's ministry is done. He's, he's done his part, right? Uh, the Messiah has showed up. What does he do now? He, 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 John's preaching wasn't necessary anymore because the real preacher has arrived. No need to keep baptizing John uh, because I'm here now. I'm a step up. I'm stepping in. It's, it's my turn to, to take over now. And, and all that was left for John was just to keep the attention on Jesus. Yeah, I'm just an old preacher. It's not about me. The, the real preacher has arrived. Uh, go, go find him. Oh, are you John the Baptist? Can you baptize me? No, you need to go see Jesus. He's here now. Uh, I was the man until he arrived, but now he's here. And so I must decrease so that he may increase. And so um, John had it right when he said, I must decrease that he may increase. John, just keep doing what you've always been doing. Just keep pointing everybody to me. That's what, Even now that I'm here, um, you still have a ministry, you still have a calling, and that is point people to Jesus. Lead people to Jesus. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the church, there's always a ministry for you. Get people to Jesus. Uh, it doesn't matter how old you are, we're never retired in the kingdom of God. Why? Because we can always say, hey, go to Jesus. Let me lead you to Jesus. Let me tell you about what Jesus did. That is a, a lifelong ministry for every single one of us is just to keep on pointing people to Jesus. Keep on pointing them, hey, go see Jesus. He can touch you. He can heal you. Oh, let me pray for you because Jesus can heal you. Amen. We're never uh, too old or too gifted to, to point people to Jesus. Uh, and so that's what John kept doing uh, as, as, uh, as often as he could. Uh, when new believers came running to him, he said, no, behold the lamb. You got to go find the lamb. What a great sacrifice John made for the kingdom of God. He invested all of his time, all of his life. Uh, we're not told if he got married or had kids, but from his description, he probably stayed single the rest of his life. Uh, a wild man eating locusts and honey, living in the wilderness, he's not going to find a woman and have kids. Uh, and so because he was dedicated to the Lord, he probably uh, never got married or had kids. Uh, he didn't have a nice house. He didn't have a nice camel. He devoted himself to his calling and just gave, hey, I'm here to do what God wants me to do. Uh, and so what happened? What happened when John got in trouble? What happened when he got arrested for preaching repentance? And you would think, that Jesus would be right there to bail him out, right? John, you did, you're, there's nobody greater than you. You've done so much, such a great work for me. You've done all of this. Uh, you're, I heard you're in jail. Uh, I'm going to come bail you out because, man, you're, you've been so faithful. You've done such a great job after all that he'd done, right? Matthew 4, 12. Now, when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. What? John, Jesus, I, I got thrown into prison. And now you're just leaving? Jesus left John behind? 
as we might say. Uh, he just kind of left them. And Jesus said himself, there hasn't been anybody greater than John the Baptist. And yet when he gets thrown into prison, Jesus says, ah, i got to go to Galilee. And he goes to another town, and there's John just sitting in prison. You and I know what happened years later when Paul and Silas were thrown into prison, right? God breaks them out. Sends an angel, God breaks them, breaks them out. Peter's cast into prison, an angel comes, gets him out. But John the Baptist, the greatest among women, is left in prison. Doesn't really seem right, does it? Scripture doesn't record that Jesus ever visited John after all that he did. He didn't even send you, send him a miss you card to hope you're doing all right. Nothing, not, not a word from Jesus. John, the very one who broke the silence, now experiences the silence from God. Jesus, help me. Come bail me out, Jesus. Jesus, come save me. Nothing. This period of silence was the hardest part of John's life. You see, it's easy to preach hope when things are hopping and popping. It's easy to live for God when uh, you're preaching to crowds and, and people like you and they respect you. And, and John, John, you live for me in the good times. Can you still live for me through the tough times? That's, that's the new ministry that John had to experience uh, it was great in the, when things were, were going good, and, and it was easy to live for me, but, but, but now can you live for me in the hard times? When you become hated for my sake, are you still going to live for me, John? When the storms come your way, are you still going to be faithful like you were, John, when the sunshine was shining and you had smooth sailing? Uh, are you still going to be faithful in the hard times? And when heaven seems like it closes its windows and, and it seems like you lose all your blessings, will you still live for me, John? Will you still serve me in the silence? Even when, when you stand for righteousness, and uh, will you still stand for righteousness when you cannot find me or, or we don't hear an answer for me? Will you still live for me? As Job experienced this as well, Job 23, Behold, I, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. And on the left hand, where he doth work, I cannot behold him. And he hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. Job, uh, a righteous man, living right for God, now experienced the hardest time of his life. And, and what, what adds to the difficulty is that there's silence. He can't find God. He can't hear his voice. And uh, where he's usually at, he's not there. Uh, I don't know where he went. And uh, they're, they're, now there's silence from God. And uh, what I haven't done anything wrong. I'm still trying to live for him. And now there's just silence. It was easy when uh, everything was, was going. But what does Job say in verse 10? But he knoweth the way that I take. 
And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Even though they may not have an answer from God, he still knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. And when you get through it, you're going to hear from the voice of God again. You come out of the wilderness, and you're going to come out even stronger and better for God. He still knows where we are at and what we're going through, even when we can't hear from him. You see, Job found out what the silence of, of God was all about. Even then, Job still found hope in that. You see, in the silence, either you're going to grab on to despair and depression or you're going to grab on to hope. Uh, uh, even though he hasn't showed up, I'm still going to be faithful. I'm still going to believe he knows the way that I take. I haven't heard back from God, but, hey, I can, get, I can start pouting or I can keep on praying and praising God, uh, and I'm going to choose this way because I'm still going to hold on to hope even though uh, I haven't heard anything. I'm still going to serve him in the silence. It's okay, John. You, you may not have heard from me, but I know where you're at. I know you're in prison, John. I know exactly what cell you're in. You have, haven't been forgotten. You just hear, You just haven't heard from me in a while. I haven't showed up in your life like usual, but I know the way you're taking. I, I know the steps you're going, and I, I know where you're at. You see, during the good times, it's easy to say, behold, the Lamb of God. When you're hearing from God and when his presence is moving, it's easy to say, behold, the Lamb of God. But in the moment of silence and you're looking through the barred windows, are you still saying, behold, the Lamb of God? That's what John had to, had to come out and experience and, and to to, to grab a hold of, musicians of you would come. You see, in the midst of the storm, does the adversary want you to direct your attention from beholding the lamb to behold, look how bad things are. So you're going to either behold the lamb or behold my problem. What are we going to talk about? Are we still going to talk about Jesus? We're going to talk about talk how how big our problem, our situation is. Uh, what are we going to focus our our attention on? Because when we focus, uh, when our focus and attention is on us and how bad we have it and how it's not fair and, and how we don't deserve this and I don't deserve to be here. I'm John the Baptist. Look what I've done for for Jesus, my cousin, and and all that I've prepared the way for him. And uh, here I am rotting in a jail, uh, a prison cell. It's not fair. How I've been faithful to God, and this is what I get. A sacrifice for the kingdom, and car breaks down, or car falls apart, or I lose my job, or uh, I, don't, I don't take that offer because uh, it, it, it's, it just doesn't feel right and causes me to compromise on things. Uh, either we can uh, focus on all the bad things or uh, what's going on in our life, or instead of saying, behold the lamb, now we are saying, woe is me. Woe is me, woe is me, instead of behold the lamb. You see, when this shift happens, we can focus on ourselves instead of God. It's easy to focus on God when things are good, but when it's bad, we start focusing on ourselves. Look at me, look what I'm going through. 
So we began to question our faith and question God, and we opened the door to bitterness and resentment of all that I've done for God, and this is what I get. We opened the door for envy and jealousy. How come they aren't in prison? How come I'm in prison? How come they don't have any storms in their life? Why, why aren't they going through hell and I am? I mean, we, I show up to church more than they do, and uh, it shouldn't be me, it should be them. See, we start to focus on ourselves instead of focusing on Jesus. If we think that we are exempt from any of these things, know that the greatest, the John, John the Baptist is great, the greatest, he, he succumbed to the silence and loneliness and it, it started to get to him. It started to get to his mind and, and started to erode away his faith and he began to question everything and even question his calling and, and even, even dare to ask the question, is Jesus really the Messiah? It wasn't too long ago that John said, he's the Messiah. But now in the prison cell, in the silence, now he's saying, is Jesus really the Messiah? Matthew 11, 2, now when John had heard this, had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, art thou he that should come or do we look for another? Did I get the right guy? Because I'm in prison. Did I get the right guy? Are you the right guy? Are you the Messiah? So I want to know is, is, was it worth it? All that I did for the Lord, and now I'm here rotten in prison. Jesus answered and said to them, go and show, show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. You see, John knew, John knew the prophecy that told about himself, about the voice crying in the wilderness, and so what does is, what is Jesus say? Go tell, go tell John these things because he says those things because those are also mentioned in the prophecy about what the Messiah is going to do. And so he tells them to go, just go back and read the scripture and tell them what you've saw and what you've heard and how scripture is going to line up and say, yep, everything I see and hear lines up with the prophecy of what the Messiah is going to do. And so even John, the greatest among women, began to question his faith because of the silence that he was experiencing. And then he says, Jesus says in verse 6, And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. So John began to doubt, Jesus, is it really you? John began to think of himself as, uh, woe is me. What, what about me? What about me? And the only thing that has changed was John's situation. John's surroundings were the only thing that's changed. Everything else has been the same. Jesus is here, miracles, signs, and wonders, and uh, everything, everything has been the same and, and moving forward. The only thing that has changed is John's situation. And now he's questioning everything. 
The change that happened to John got him to stop saying, behold the lamb, and started to say, woe is me. And when we begin to direct our attention from Jesus to ourselves, it, it doesn't get any better. But when we turn and say, uh, it's not about me, it's about him. It's about him, it's about his will. Uh, and I still need to decrease so that he may increase. If you stand with me tonight, Jesus graciously told John's disciples, tell John what you see in here, all these miracles that are happening and all the prophecies that were spoken for hundreds of years are actually coming to pass. Behold the Lamb of God. And Jesus' last words to them was a gentle reminder to John. Blessed is he who is not offended in me. His message to John was, yes, John, I know where you are at. I know what you've done for me. I know your situation. But remember, John, to behold the Lamb. It's all about the Lamb. It's not about you, John. Don't get caught up in your success and all that we've done for the Lord. It's all about Him. Uh, because everything we do for the Lord can be, uh, can be taken away in a matter of moments. But uh, the question is, are we still going to serve God? That really gets down to the heart of the matter. Take away all the possessions. Take away all the blessings, all the prosperity, all of this greatness. Uh, take away all that. And the real question is, are we still going to serve God in the silence? And that's where uh, we really find out about ourselves, who we are, if we're, uh, if we're really uh, following God. Because it's easy to serve God when the windows of heaven are, pour, are opening up and blessings are coming out. We, we can show up to church and all these things. But when everything shuts down and you, hear the, you don't hear anything and you begin to question things, that's the moment that... Uh, men and women of God are made, are forged in those moments. Are, are we really going to be strong for God? Are we really going to fight the good fight of faith? We'll find out in the silence uh, that shows up in our life. But uh, I know that we're, we're here faithful and we're going to keep on serving God. We're going to keep on living for God even in the good times. But most importantly, in the bad times, in the hard times, we're still going to be faithful to God because we know it's only going to be a season until we come out of that and the windows of heaven open back up again as we're going to be faithful to God. Behold the Lamb of God. Aren't you thankful for what God has done for your life, where he's brought you from? Amen. We begin to worship the Lord. Let's sing together and give God praise for all that he has done. Amen. We're going to remain faithful to the end, right? God is we're not going to be discouraged or distracted. We're going to keep moving forward in God and living for him.
thank him for all that he's done. Thank you, Jesus. We know, God, it's not about us. It's all about you, Lord. No matter what happens to us, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, God, help us not to question you or our faith, but continue to serve you and praise you through all this. And we're going to give you the praise. We know it's all going to work out in the end. Amen. No matter what type of week we have or year we're having, Amen. It's all going to get better from here on out. Amen. Because God is faithful and he knows where we're at, that he knows the way that we take. Amen. And we're going to serve him even in the silence because he deserves it. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name. Let's go and continue to serve the Lord with gladness. Amen. If we can get a, a few, few of us.